This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680-CJOB. Wednesday, Jets at Noon, Camp Poitras, Jim Tolk. Jim, how you doing today? Happy Wednesday after that terrific Tuesday. First, did you have a good Tuesday? I had a very good Tuesday. Yeah, I, you I've did. Had a, I've had a better Wednesday, though. Have you? I have, yes. Well, that's all set up with yeah. the Tuesday. You can't have a better Wednesday <laughs> if Tuesday wasn't good. So congratulations well, on both. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Because you got to build, you got to build up. Yeah, I feel okay today, too. It's Wednesday. I wasn't even going to ask you. I mean, you. the sun is out. I wasn't out. even going to ask you how you're feeling because the sun is out. The, you have to care. The to... air is, the fresh air is blowing in our face. Yeah. It's <laughs> lots of fresh air in this 30th floor building it's that we're in. It's all perspective. It's yeah. pretty hazy out. And we do worry about these fires, but it's a good Wednesday. And uh, I'm excited for another show. There's a lot of people, I don't know about you, but a lot of people everywhere I go the last two weeks, more so than the, any other time in the summer, what's going on with the yeah. Jets? What yeah. are they what are they doing? Well, we're waiting. We're waiting to see what's happening. I mean, is it going to be a, a, a busier sort of back half of August? We're going to wait and see what's going to happen with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, still two RFAs to be signed. Logan Stanley, Rasmus Kupara, uh, not, not Rasmus Kupara, Declan Chisholm. Those two need, still need to, need to have contracts for the start of the season. Uh, the Habs have made a trade sending Petrie to Detroit. So that's to say that there there is some moves to be made still out there. Um, there is some, you know, of course, Eric Carlson was another big trade to be happening. I mean, what's going to happen here? Uh, Boston's certainly going to be looking for a center. Is this something that's going to happen closer to training camp? Well, and I'm going to wait and see. I was a guest on Halford and Broth, uh, this morning, Vancouver radio sports radio. And all I could think about is how you and I had him on our no trade list. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mention that on the air, but no, I was don't just do like, that. No, I was just like, um, but, but like they were saying they brought up Calgary. Like Calgary's got to do some things just like that's been lost, right? We're looking at Boston. We're running around Nylander. We're running around Shifley, Hellebuck. What is Calgary doing with Noah Hannafin, with Elias Lindholm? They got lots of things to do. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Their goalie situation. Michael Backlund needs. Backlund. You know, he says he's 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 anticipating moving on to somewhere else. So I and I to be to their point, I forgot about Calgary. Like there is so much business to be done. And they were saying, so can they start the season? They asked me, can they start the season with Shifley and Hellebuck? And I said, well, they can, they can do it. <laughs> they can start, but I don't know how they go past Christmas. Yeah. If you're into January and you're 12 points into a playoff spot, how do you trade either one of those guys? Or even two points into a playoff spot. And if you're into January and you're 12 points out of a playoff spot, what are you going to get for those guys? You can't risk it. You're going to get draft picks. Yeah, which is not what the Winnipeg Jets are after. No. Uh, so it's it's a situation that's going to continue to unfold here. I mean, what are the Winnipeg Jets, do they have other moves? And this is something that we're going to talk about. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868, because the Winnipeg Jets at forward, I believe, have more depth. And let's play a little bit of up oh, and here down. We go again. Here we go. Don't play the other one. Don't play the other one. 
Okay. That's good like that. I liked it. I'm, 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 I enjoyed it. Just end those clips. Uh, oh! <laughs> oh! You can't set me up like that. I'm going to do it every time. Um, what Hollywood down. writer wrote that script? Ooh. <laughs> I think Allen. it was Tim Allen, actually. Yeah. yeah. He's what, yeah. What did, how did that sound in the script? Was it E, E, E? Somewhere G- Tim Allen H- ever R-G? finds out about this little show, he'll be like, dude, I clocked 500 million off that line. So make fun of it all you want. Loser toe. It's a real great point. Yeah. I never thought of it. I don't like think that. Tim Allen's worried about how he wrote that. <laughs> uh, touche, Tim. Yeah, touche. You got me on that one. Uh, up and down here. Let's start. Uh, we'll go to, uh, we'll see what we can get to here. We got, um, I got a couple names here on the board. Uh, Morgan Barron. Where is he going, Jim? Is Morgan Barron going up this season in terms of points? Or is he going down? Yeah, this was on the list yesterday. I think he's going up. He had 21 points in 70 games, which for a third-line guy, 24 years old, just entering his um, really his first full season last year. I know he yeah. played 13 for the Rangers and 14 for the Jets the trade year. Um, Thirty. Uh, I think he'll get more than 21 points, but I don't think it'll be much more. Mm-hmm. Like I, It really depends. If Nemestikov is on that third line, I wonder what Low- – I did say Lowry will get 40. Yeah. Um, so I, in order to do that, I think Morgan would have to get 20 to 25. He's at 21, man. I'll say, I'll say he'll get more, but I don't think it's much more than yeah. 21. I think I'm it's get, about 25 points. I'm going to say down, but just as you said, up slightly, down slightly, uh, last year, uh, 70 games played eight goals, 13 assists, 21 points. Um, I believe that Morgan Barron, uh, is going to be a much better player this upcoming season. Uh, but with the addition of some more depth forwards, Nino Niederreiter, Vladislav Nemestikov, Rasmus Kupari, Velarde, Ayafalo. We'll get to Ayafalo next after this. Uh, you know, even despite the removal of, of Wheeler and, and Pierre-Luc Dubois, I just think Morgan's going to get pushed down the depth chart. I think he'll be a guy that you'll see sort of float between the third and the fourth line, which will be more balanced. I think he's going to get uh, some more time. Uh, but with sort of the addition of Niederreiter and, and Nemestikov sort of uh, in, 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 in sort of full-time role starting with the Winnipeg Jets um, this this upcoming season, I, I, I just see perhaps maybe his minutes getting cut down. Uh, just a bit. He had 13 minutes and 15 seconds last season. I I, I would maybe put that closer to 12, uh, maybe 12, 15, about a minute less than that. Um, they got 21 points. I still think he's going to be good for 18, 19, a situation like that. But having said that, I think he's going to go down slightly, but I think he's going to be a much better professional hockey player and have a much more defined role and understand his role on this team this upcoming season better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if he finished with 21 or 19 points, I mean, I, I think that's bad. Like, I think the Jets need this third line to contribute yeah. to the to the tune if all three could have 20 to 25 points and even more. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to limit them, but I think he will score more. How much more, I don't know. But I think 21 points is a, is a pretty good basement to measure from. All right. Next up, we got uh, Alex Iafalo. Is Alex Iafalo going to go up or is he going to go? Is he going to go down? <laughs> So stupid. Um, what do you think, Alex? I mean, it's kind of an unknown guy. Yeah. I mean, my personal knowledge. All I I spent this entire morning watching uh, clips from him, goals that he scored, assists, and stuff like that, trying to get a a better or better beat on him. Um, but we're, it's going to be sort of a learning. There's going to be some growing as we get to know Alex. I follow as a Winnipeg Jet. Here's why he's going to score more than his 14 goals, 22 assists, 36 points last year. He's mm. a perennial 30 point guy. Other than his rookie year, when he scored 25 points in 75 games, he's had 33, 43, 30, 37, 36. Yeah. 
Last year, he had 37, or two years ago, 37 and 79 games. His career high is 43 and 70 games. Last year, he had 36 and 59 games on the playoff-bound LA Kings. Mm -hmm. I think he has a little bit bigger of a role this year. Um, 36 points in 59 games. I'm going to say he scores higher than that because I'm going to say he plays 70 to 82 games. And I think that allots him at least five to seven more points. So I think he's higher than 36 points. I think he's a 40-point getter. I think he's going to go up from his 36 last year. Um, From one, uh, he loves the front of the net. Loves it. And the Winnipeg Jets need this desperately. He's rent there. He loves it so much. Absolutely. Real presence in the crease. He can tip the puck. Not bad hands in tight. I wouldn't say he's all world or anything like that. But he can still make a move. He can be a threat from the dot. Um... When the puck is on the ozone, I think this is his greatest attribute. When the puck enter, goes over the blue line, he makes a beeline for the net, and he parks himself there in front. Um, I think he's going to move up and down this season. I think that's going to be his benefit. Uh, last year with L.A., he was on the second line sometimes. He was on the third line sometimes. He was on the fourth line, um, which I think might perhaps hurt him in the beginning when he's sort of trying to grow some chemistry and some inconsistency with some, with some new teammates. Uh, but I think that... The Winnipeg Jets need a guy that's going to go right in front of the net. It's how goals are scored uh, in today's National Hockey League where the goaltenders are that good, the defense is that good, and you got to tip pucks in. So I think Alex Ifalo is going to get 40 points. I agree. I concur. All right. And uh, finally here, Neil Pionk. Is Neil Pionk going to go up from his 33 points, 10 goals last year, or is Neil Pionk going to go down? The Pionky Tonk man. Yes. No one knows I'm who the honky tonk man is. That's over that their one. head. And some yeah. people do know who he is and like that's still dumb. <laughs> the honky tonk man. Dwight Yoakum, is that you're talking about? <laughs> 33 points in 82 games, 10 goals, 23 assists, but yeah. seven assists in five games in the playoffs. Yes. Down the stretch, the last 10 to 12 games, even maybe further, and into the playoffs, I thought Neil Pionk got his game back, but he struggled for the first 60 games of the year. I think he was trying to do too much. Mm -hmm. I think he settles in because he's in the top four, and I do think he most likely will be on the second power play. I'm going to say more. I think – I don't know about the 10 goals. That's pretty high for him, but I do see some more helpers coming his way. But again, this is in the line of not many more. If he scores 35 points, that's more than 33, and that's where I could see him around the 35-point mark. His career high, I think, was 44 his first year with the Winnipeg Jets. I, I I I don't see him in the rest of his career. Maybe if he finds himself on a team where he gets on the first unit power play at some point. Perennial 30-point guy. Yeah, I mean, that's good. I I think in terms of importance, Jim, this season – uh, for the Winnipeg Jets, he's he's right up there with the with a player that's tied to the Winnipeg Jets' success, um, and and how Pionk is going to play this upcoming season. Uh, and, and just to go to your point and, and just back up what you just said about him trying too hard, he had the ninth most shifts in the NHL last year. He was played a ton, eighteen hundred minutes, um, and it didn't add up to more points. He missed the net too much. Uh, it, too many of his shots were blocked. He wasn't making the right plays. Um, defensively, perhaps wasn't as bad as some of his stat lines looked. Um, but listen, this guy, this guy wants to, wants to do good. Like he really does. He's got, he's got the passion. He's, he blocked more shots last year than he ever has before. He's dialed in. He wants the year. Uh, he wants to win. I think this year he figures his, figures it out. You know what? But you know- he can't, he, he's got to 
return to the way he played in his first two seasons with the Winnipeg Jets. That has to make a resurgence here. Remember how the season started for him? Like they beat the Rangers at home. They went down to Dallas and I think it was Colorado. Remember he had the overtime winner in Colorado? Yeah, he had a great start. Um, He had a great start. And then I think he sort of like, it's not an arrogant thing. It's like, well, I can do more. I need to do more. I need to help the team more. And he sort of get away from your, your, your solidified standard play. I think he got back to that at the end of the year. I thought he was great in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought he played really well in the postseason in the five games against Vegas. So I think he does get more than 33. I don't think it's a 40-point defenseman, but I think he's a he's a perennial 32, 33, 31. Yeah. He had one season of 40-plus, so I think he gets 35 points this year. All right. I like it. 204-780-6868. What do you think? Morgan Barron, Alex Ifalo, Neil Pionk, are they going up this year in terms of Points or are they going down? Steve, His Majesty Texas Show 204 780 says the hockey talk man, the greatest intercontinental champion Whoa. there ever was. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, that's it? Just whoa. Well, I mean, the honky tonk. I don't know if he's the greatest intercontinental champion. That's the loss. That's the Tuesday belt of wrestling. That's the <laughs> Tuesday. Like, it doesn't get a lot of respect, but it's yeah. still a belt. Yeah, he's it still is. the champion. It's a good point. How many guitars did he go through, though? Hey, you know what? I've never won the intercontinental champ, uh, championship. I had. We had him back when uh, uh, Cam was my co-host, not you, Cam, on the sports show. Back when I was doing the sports show years ago, the honky tonk man came to the casino where we were doing the show and... Did a did a segment with us. That's pretty cool. And I got a phone call saying that's the last time we'll have a wrestler on a sports show. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. As long as it's not the last time I'm on the sports show. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Is Zach Caleros going to play on Friday? Jim and I is going to bat that around as well. Ten lessons the NHL could learn. I saw this in the Athletic. It's a great talker. We'll get into that. What lessons do you think the NHL should and could learn from other professional sports leagues to grow the game? We'll be right back. Jets at noon on six eighty CJOB at six eighty CJOB. Here's a couple guys that never blow smoke. It's Jets at noon. Ain't that the truth? Only when you're on the show. Well, I, we can't have it. A sterling reputation for all <laughs> all 60 minutes of this program. Um, do you know uh, what the difference between, like, the WWE's Intercontinental Champion and, like, the other championship? I'm not a wrestling guy, so I don't know. Like, the, is there a heavyweight champion? I am I am the least informed wrestling Where fan Where is Kyle Milroy? You've got to bring him yeah. in here. Kyle, can you hear this? Kyle, come in. We've got to figure this out. <laughs> What are the what are the different championships? Because Dino texts the show. We were talking about the honky tonk man, intercontinental champ, and Dino says, uh, intercontinental champ honky tonk has the longest run as the intercontinental champion, five hundred and forty uh, fifty four days. That's got to mean something. Though Gunther is, I guess, is another wrestler is close to taking the top spot. They made a point of it at Raw the other day. As of writing this, Gunther's large, uh, longest is the titles. History that one from Dino. Does that? I don't know what what like what's what does somebody have to do to win the Intercontinental Championship? Yeah, how many, how many to the WWF? It's not a weight category, right? It's like, I don't know what I say. Intercontinental. Does that mean that like the the world the world championship the WWF belt is the world? So is Intercontinental like just like Concacaf? <laughs> is it a separate <laughs> category altogether? Like you just beat South American wrestlers. And not like the can world. I, can an American win the Intercontinental Championship? 
I'm looking this up. Is it something that like came over from WCW? I don't see. I don't even know. Like I probably sound yeah, like someone's yeah. a, if someone's a, ro- a wrestling fan. See, this I is sound no, like the biggest idiot. This the, is no disrespect to you, Hollywood Peters, which is by the way your your wrestling name. Um, I don't but, mind that. Yeah, I could see you winning the Intercontinental Champ. I don't know if you have it the physique to win the <laughs> WWF overall title, <laughs> but you could be a wiry, like you're conditioned and fit. You could. You can go in the inner corner now. You could tell. Man, I don't go to the gym you could four to five days chess. a week and, and meal prep to be called wiry out here. You could, is... you could backhand chest slap the honky-tonk man into a title. <laughs> I don't know. I, gotta, I don't know what the uh, honky-tonk what man looks like. What would be your like. catchphrase, Hollywood Peters? Your catchphrase would be like, now you've seen the show or something. Oh, I'd, something about showtime for sure. Yeah, yeah. now you've seen the mo- the trailer. You want the whole no, film. No, Hollywood that, Peters. The, yeah, that was the that. Blue Jays last year, and we all know how that went. We all know how the uh, the, the main feature went in October. What happened? So, uh, well, Luis against- Castillo... Ended oh, Alec Manoa yeah. for for a good stretch of months. Well, was that the biggest collapse in like the history of like yeah baseball? Ruined playoffs? Thanksgiving dinner, absolutely <laughs> ruined it. I'm actually really my mom was away, so it's just the boys and uh, uh, grandpa and dad and I were all quite grumpy, but it's all good. No, uh, the, hey, the Intercontinental Championship is a secondary championship. So oh. you're actually probably right in saying it's kind of like a you know winning CONCACAF. No need to watch the Oscars. You just saw the best performance. <laughs> Hollywood Peters, everybody. That's too long. Oh. Got to get got to get to the points a little quicker. I'll think of something. Okay. Come up with You two time. should have a tag team. <laughs> Hollywood what? Peters <laughs> and What's your rest? Well, I don't know. You come up with something. I, was just I, I, don't, the, I don't have time of Friday day. night at nine o'clock. Hollywood <laughs> Peters and Come on. You got to come up with something. Poitras. Posterous Poitras. Fight for the tag team title for the province of Manitoba this Friday in Posterous Poitras. There's Lactabonne. a <laughs> There's a, an, a layup. Oops, a Prairie Championship. But using the first initial of our last names, but uh, I don't think that's suitable for air. But that was the first place uh, my mind went. And the, then the I, PP brothers. Yeah. Okay, you said it, not me. Well, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> Peters and Poitras. Yeah, that's that's where I was I'll going I'll get with you guys some marketing if that's the handle you're going <laughs> Prosper. I got other two between that or Prosperous Poitras. Thanks a lot, Skylar. You talk about how rich you are. Hollywood talks about how famous he is. We brought no respect to your I hate you both already. You're already minutes, both so. villains. I hate you both right now just by those names. This texter says 204-780-6868. Can't believe I have to say Macho Man was the all-time greatest intercontinental champ. Oh, yeah. Well, Darren says Pretty Tom. Boy Poitras. That's bad. I see that. Pretty Boy Poitras. I like that. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. And you can walk around saying you're welcome, Manitoba. Well, yeah. If I ever had a persona, it would be the most arrogant, uh, selfish, because uh, I think that would be much more fun to play. Nobody wants to be a baby face yeah. and that sort of thing. You want you're to be lucky, the heel. You're lucky I'm in your town, especially on a weekend. <laughs> exactly. Um, Tomb Raider Toth as the special referee. Tomb Raider Toth. This is off the handles. Yeah, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Intercontinental Championship, Puppy Dog, Poitras, see North and Rick says that. That's not bad. To the, to the um, oh, hi to NER, North uh, Intercontinental Championship is for the most technically superb wrestler. You can be the champion, but you're the best oh, technical wrestler okay. where they tend to make you Intercontinental Champion. Um, and somebody else texted Thanks, in. Thanks, Richard, for who, that. Who's the name that said he's the longest serving? So the guy who's saying Macho Man was, well, Honky Tonk held it for the longest time, 454 days, they they tell us. There's obviously some controversy. Who's the best intercontinental champion? Who's been the who's the greatest? You know what? All, all, 
along with this controversy tells us is the Jets need to do something this offseason to get us going to stop the wrestling talk. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. I happened upon this uh, article from The Athletic. Um, 10 lessons the NHL could learn from other professional sports leagues to grow the game. And this was written by uh, great uh, writers over at The Athletic, Shana Goldman, as well as uh, Sad uh, Youssef. So um, the number one thing that they said in this article was there needs to be an established best-on-best tournament. The Olympics every two years, and there needs to be World Cup of Hockey uh, two years afterwards. I think that's that's an absolute given. That's what the NHL needs first and foremost to get things off the ground. I, yeah, I don't know anybody that doesn't want to watch Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Sidney Crosby all play together. I, yeah. I go on and on down the list, um, and and the vice versa for the other ones. Now, the Olympics would be the way to do it. I I just I don't know how you do it every two years. I don't know like the PA. I, I still think of John Tavares going to the Olympics and being out of the Islanders lineup for six weeks after because he got yeah. hurt. So yeah. Well, that's just the way it goes sometimes. The way it goes. Well, I mean, but like if you want to have best on best, there's there's got obviously there's gonna be a risk to injury. And there needs to be an understanding that it needs to be something the players need to move forward with and they kinda of have to take control of it. Well, to your point, like I'm a baseball guy. Yeah. FIFA has I had didn't... to give this up a long, long time ago. If you yeah. if you are gonna be a player uh, a, a club that isn't gonna go bend over backwards to to allow your players to uh, pr- produce if they're in European based to play at the FIFA World Cup or the Euros or in South America and soon North America to join up at the Copa, um, you're going to be in big trouble because those are those are real, real important. So to your point, I'm a yeah. big baseball guy, but I was not I, – I had watched a little bit, was not paying close attention to the World Baseball Classic. But when Ertani was pitching against the U.S. and then had to face Mike Trout, you can't buy that kind of marketing. No. So if you have Nathan McKinnon and and – uh, Connor McDavid going up against Leon Dreisaitl, you cannot buy that kind of marketing. No. It is at the forefront of, like even take Team USA versus versus Team mm-hmm. Canada right now. And you have your, you know, your American Hellebuck and Kyle Connor versus Josh Morrissey and, and just not the Jets players, like just those guys, Jets players playing for Team USA against anybody, mm-hmm. you're going to watch. So that's a good point. Uh, number one on this list was become more player-centric. Um, and just sort of like how the NBA is, is kind of allowed uh, the players to sort of uh, take the reins on the league. See, with this for me, for this to happen in the National Hockey League, and, and I, I, there's certain things I don't like about the NBA, um, it being too player-centric is, is one, but I, I, you know, again, I've said this before, the NBA has grown at such an exponential rate. I don't know how I can criticize them about that. It's been good for business for the players. It's been good for business. Uh, for the teams, I think if you're a team trying to just compete and you're not one of sort of the top tier, I think it's bad. Um, but hey, if you're a team that can really attract free agents, I mean, you, you're you really going to be happy with how things have gone. But I think for that to happen in the National Hockey League, it almost needs a complete culture change, Jim. Um, you know, from Timbits to pros, if that ever does happen, it, it would take decades to shape uh, because, you know, the, it's it's still a team first league. Um, you know, and, and, and when I look at it and, and people being, you know, players centric and all that, I'm a team centric guy. Um, you know, if a player leaves the Winnipeg Jets, I mean, they're, they're almost close to dead to me at that point. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a Winnipeg Jets fan. I, I'm not so much a fan of individual 
And I, I cheer for individual players. There's no doubt about that. There's some guys I want to see succeed, but that that doesn't ever go over like my fandom of the Winnipeg. Jets. But here's the thing: the NHL, um, like when I over the years talked to players, I, I had a lot of fun on the mic. Like in the mic, you can get some really good things. That has seemed to have gone away, and I don't know if it's because of the woke society. They're too afraid to be controversial, yeah. too afraid to say things. Um, but off the mic, they all have personality. These are all guys that all you have to do this summer is go to any social media of any hockey player, and they're all at each other's weddings. They're all on each other's shoulders rapping. They're all having an absolute blast. Marner's doing gritty down the – Mitch Marner did gritty down his wedding aisle I saw on social media. Do you think Mitch Marner's a gritty guy? No. Because of every interview's what? He's mad at us. Fans are mad at him. Yeah. It's like there's this disconnect there. Um, and I even, like, say what you want about guys like Blake Wheeler in the media. I get it, prickly. But also there's some pushback, right? Like, have a conversation. What are you talking about? Why are you asking me this? And yeah. There's just, and I'm not trying to be controversial. They don't have to be that. But they have to be more allowed to be more forthcoming. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a, a misnomer that out of baseball, NFL, CFL, and NBA that hockey players are the most dry. And it's, it always has bothered me because when I talk to them on the mic or off, you can get some personality out of them. Mm -hmm. You can have some fun with them, but like I'm watching like Johnny Goudreau, what riveting interview have you ever seen with Johnny Goudreau? But he's at a Tuchuk wedding this summer on a guy's shoulder rapping. Yeah. I saw that. Like that's not a guy who doesn't like to have fun. And how do you get that out of these players? And how do you not get them on radio shows? How do you not get them doing TV interviews with this schedule of theirs? Mm-hmm. If they're home for a three-game homestand, there's time to come on the air and have some fun. And like when they first came here, I would talk fishing with Andrew Ladd. I would talk fantasy football with Andrew Ladd. I would, you know, as well as, okay, and also you play Washington tomorrow. What's the... yeah. It just, it seems that we've gotten to a point with NBA players that it's just all business all the time, very reserved. Nobody wants to be controversial. And that's, and that's, that's, that's hurting the league, in my opinion. Personalities need to come to the forefront. Number two, create uh, the NHL version of NFL Red Zone. I don't know how that would work. I don't hate the idea. Um, If they could find a way to make that work somehow, but. And I, I, I just think that would be a very, very complex thing. Would you want to watch something like that and see an NHL red zone sort of? Maybe they go in, showcase goal. It's too back and forth. It just wouldn't make – I don't think the, it would work. The problem is, is in the NFL, everybody in North America is watching NFL red zone. Uh, NHL red zone would be watched by Canadians. Yeah. And so nobody does it because there's not enough Canadians to make it a network show that makes money, and in my opinion. Yeah. Every Canadian would watch it yeah. and, and get the insight and watch the back and forth. But I don't know if Americans in the middle of the summer will tune in to, whereas we here in February will watch NFL Red Zone. Yeah, yeah. Number three, stagger the NHL schedule. Um, I like this, but, you know, would there be any other issues to, instead of sort of the all the games in the East starting at seven, all the games in the central starting at seven and the Pacific starting at seven or seven thirty. I mean, to stagger games at 15 or, or 45, I mean, it's the same sort of issue it, it, you, you would have to be, or have access to all the games and have some sort of streaming service going back and forth. Uh, they're trying this out actually on October 24th. The league is, um, and you know, I imagine this is a lot more difficult in the national hockey league than it would be, 
um, for for other leagues. I mean, NBA teams, arena availabilities, concerts, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I mean, this this kind of goes back into and there's another uh, there's there's another one on here um, leaning in on data, which is number nine and promoted publicly because of betting fantasy, getting people more involved and watching games they normally wouldn't wouldn't care about you know, go back into the, you know, sort of that staggered schedule. That's what it's sort of for. It's for the fantasy. It's for the betting, get people watching multiple games and back and forth. Hey, this was an intermission uh, or, you know, between, between periods, I'll go and watch this other game because I got money on it or I got fantasy players. The reason that injury report came out and and the Patriots use that and put Tom Brady on it every week for some reason or whatever. But I remember years ago, like when he first started doing color, Troy Aikman, he was adamant about, you can't, you know, not tell people that a quarterback's hurt his thumb until game time. There's too much money riding on this. There's Mm -hmm. too much wagering. There's too much, you know, the picks. And back then it was just picks, right? You made your NFL picks. A game would start and you found out that, oh, Peyton Manning's thumb is, you know, and he was adamant that you have to, by Friday, let people know who's in, who's the NHL is a horrible job about this. And all you have to do is look at all the gambling sites on their broadcast right now. If you want people to fall in love with your sport, follow it and wager on it, then you have to get rid of the upper lower body. I agree. You have to stop saying day to day. You have to stop. There's no coaching staff organization in the CFL when that started coming out here that wanted to have that information out there. Cause it's just not from that sort of perspective and from a team perspective, it's not a good thing. But in the terms of all the other cash flows, which is what's running the leagues, you need to know that sort of and stuff. And it's not just about cash flow. It's about, it is 80% of it, but yeah. the other 20% of it is um, I want to watch Edmonton and Calgary tonight. And I, I made plans to do it and I didn't know McDavid wasn't playing. Yeah. I didn't know, you know, they, they just have to be more transparent with who's in, who's out, who's healthy, who's not. Yeah. We got a few more on this. Let's take a break. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Speaking of in, we'll come back and we'll do the rest of these. But speaking of injuries, Jim, is uh, Zach Kalaros, is he going to start on Friday in Calgary for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? I don't know. A lot of people have been asking me that too. I don't know. Uh, there's a close practice right now, so you, there won't be any news about him being out there. He didn't play the last. He didn't practice the last two days. wasn't wearing pads, so we're gonna we're gonna wait and see. My gut feeling leans towards, and I know Michael Shea doesn't coach this way. If he can yeah. go, he'll go. Yeah. I don't know. I look at Calgary's record. I look at how Drew Brown played last week, and you know if he could go, but if he would be better a week from now, I think you lean towards a better a week from now. I agree. We'll be right back. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. Uh, I think we got time for, for two more on this list from, from the athletic ten, uh, lessons the NHL uh, could learn from other professional sports leagues to grow the game. Uh, this one was at number six. Implement a designated player rule um, where you can have one player on the team that it doesn't count against the cap. I, I, I kind of like that idea. I mean, I don't think it would. You'd need to have a soft cap like the NBA's soft cap is a joke. Like it's almost non-existent. So you could designate Hellebuck and sign him to whatever he wants. Yeah, twelve million. Yeah, I don't, and I don't, it doesn't hurt you. Yeah. Okay, put that in the Oilers. The Oilers sign McDavid for twenty million, and it doesn't count against the cap. Is well, that not a massively unfair advantage to them to have the best player in the world making whatever he wants to well, make? Well, I think that there need to, and you need can to be, build the entire roster around the most important player in your team, I'm not just, counting against. You. I'm just saying it, it would be kind of an interesting thing. I'm, I'm see, fascinated by it. Yeah, I'm just trying to like look at all sides of it. 
I think Edmonton. Well, of course it would be a massive, but like, listen, if, if Connor McDavid ever were like, you imagine the bidding war that would be across the league for a guy like that. It'd be insane, but there would have to be some sort of cap on that. Like you can't, there needs Somebody, to be, there needs to be have like a regular cap, like, and then there needs to be like a, a designate, like for the designated player, how much with the max. Somebody would, would offer him 40 million a year. Oh, absolutely. They would. And then build the team around him. Yeah. Um, I, what I do like is, and we can get into this tomorrow. I love these ideas. We should kick it around yeah. tomorrow on the show. Yeah, too, there's some more. And, we'll and talk get about some texts from our listeners on how yeah. they would like the NHL to improve. But I like the idea of having one guy at each position available. So if Neil Pionk goes down at the eight minute mark in the first period, and by the second intermission, they're like, he will not, re- or the first intermission, he will not return tonight. In comes healthy scratch Logan Stanley. Or how, if, a, if a, maybe a player is struggling, you, you you make a swap out. No, that I wouldn't do it if he's struggling. Like, Why you not? Made, they do that you in every made, other sport. You made your lineup. And if your player's struggling, you just don't play him anymore and you play the other guys that are dressed more. But if a guy is unavailable, like he goes down in the 12-minute mark of the second period as a forward, in comes Jansen Harkins, whoever, for the third. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Fortier, for producing the show. Jim Tilton, take all the way until three. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.